Welcome into Defeating the Curse, four-man show plus special guest Andrew Alex of Hail to the Podcast show, the podcast. We're going to bring him on to talk about the Redskins, training camp, random injuries, random MRIs, and a whole bunch of other topics that surround the Redskins as training camp begins in a little under 12 hours from now. FP's back on the show, LP back on the show, Stevie making, uh, I think, what can only be called a rare appearance at this point on the podcast. And of course, Andrew as well, a uh, special guest coming in to talk about the Redskins, all things Redskins. So, boys, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Should we start with Doxon and we, the random MRI? That's the biggest, the biggest news of the week is that there's a precautionary MRI for someone who hasn't been injured for the past year and and all of a sudden is now okay and is set to start camp at 100%. I'm not buying it. I don't know about you guys, but well, I'm not buying hold it. Hold on. He hasn't been injury-free. He, he missed six games to start last season, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, under the same precautionary, we're keeping him out till he's 100% nonsense. Now, he obviously passed his physical because they didn't put him on PUP. Uh, before we get too far through this or into this topic, Andrew, let's bring you on. Thank you for joining the show. What can you share with us related to Doxon specifically? Well, you know, Jay Gruden said there was no reason for alarm, but it, honestly, for me, that, that's pretty hard to believe. I mean, we have a guy in Josh Doxon, right? You waste a first-round pick on a wide receiver two years ago, and he flames out in that year, you know, be injured the entire year, basically be absolutely nothing. In the second year, you kind of play it as his rookie year, and you see strides forward. But the fact of the matter is that Achilles issue was never truly resolved. They never really even figured out exactly to the T, what was wrong with it. So to start this camp where, you know, and I agree with what you guys said on your last episode, I tuned into it. I think this is a good team, but everything has to be moving in the right direction. And to start camp on this note with a huge question mark surrounding what should be your number one or two wide receiver who people are expecting to take a big step forward, the injury talk, I, I, it's just, it, to well, think that it's Andrew, just precautionary is a little bit concerning. I, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, but to say that we're starting training camp with a huge card, this is probably one of the better rosters we've had going into training camp. One of the healthier ones we've had. I mean, a precautionary MRI on Doxon. You have, when did you last guy. have, when did you last have a precautionary MRI? Exactly. It's well, coming up. Uh, I apparently mean, it actually happens to athletes all the time. I heard that uh, a little earlier today and to correct you, Josh actually played in 16 games last year. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was talking. I no. I was talking about his rookie season versus oh, no. second. Season. No, he, he said no. He no, no. Correction on, on Mr. Mr. Joe over there. We 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 hold uh, grudges around here, Alex. Okay, you, <laughs> you got to keep that in mind. Well, okay. <laughs> so time there's I, a chance I, to take a jab at each other. We definitely make sure that. I don't remember him. No, I, I don't remember I, him I, playing I in the that. first uh, the first like five or six games. I remember him being unable to practice. I remember every week as being asked or listening to to Jay talk about how he's almost back. He's almost back. He's almost back. I, I don't know. You know what? My what? off seasons all run together because uh, you guys called me out on some mistakes on the last episode too, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I can own them. I'm not encouraged hearing that the guy who's supposed to come Look. in and catch 50 to 60 balls and be a down, a, you know, a downfield threat is already starting with precautionary MRI. Sorry, I, I'm, Look, I'm the, not encouraged the, by the it. Biggest, the biggest thing that you have to take away from that is nobody, nobody said, oh, he needs to get scar tissue cleaned up or, oh, he needs this or that. They looked at it. They said it was fine, and then you go into training camp. That I don't understand what the big deal is. Like this is just DC media harping on some kind of storyline because 
we have had nothing to talk about all training camp. There's been no drama in the Redskins facility all offseason, so we're harping on any little thing. And the fact that you're harping on a precautionary MRI on your two years out draft pick is bobo. It's it's well, it's no, you're, you're trying well, to create drama. FP FP. We've seen this before, right? We see that we saw this with Jordan Reed last year in the training camp. He was out for precautionary reasons. And then we heard that he had a toenail that fell off. And then we heard that he had uh, surgery on his toe, whatever it was. These things happen at Redskins Park all the time. And they call them precautionary, but they're really not. You know, and I completely agree with you. I, I, I chalk it up to, and I, I hear what you're saying, that, yeah, there's no need, reason to be completely freaking out over a precautionary MRI. But as Redskins fans, like, don't you feel like you guys have some sort of post-traumatic stress with this kind of stuff? Like, every single time something actually bad happens, it's like a chain of them starting off with, oh, yes, it's, it's this a maybe is DC bad sports. thing, and yes. then it gets a little yes. bit worse, and suddenly he's down yes. for the season. And when this, this team is, I mean, I agree, this team has the chance to be very successful. But Josh Doxson is going to have to step up in a big way in order for that to happen. So the idea that there are question marks, even small question marks, looming around him on just the first day, not even the first day, the day of the press conference that leads into training camp, I know it might be D.C. media clickbait, but still, you know, it gets my heart rate going a little bit. Well, well I, 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 I want to keep the question marks going here because, and I want to talk about some on-the-field question marks because, Trust me, Andrew, I've seen these three guys. None of them have an MD background, okay? And they, they couldn't pass a, a, a medical test to save their life. But what I want to ask you is I, I want to pour some water on some of the, the people getting hyped up for the season. Also, because I want us to focus more on the Nats, who had a big win today. But that's a different story for a different time. But what Finally. I want to ask you is biggest weakness you see talent-wise on in terms of uh, at a position, uh, a, a position group uh, offense or defense that you see on this team a lot of people talk about the secondary the front seven's always been a, a, a tough you know getting to the quarterback where do you see you know offensive line um consistency where do you see the biggest weakness in this team talent wise as they head to the field tomorrow well i, I think it comes down to depth i think depth is what wins you championships we saw it last year with the eagles i mean they had problems. They had injuries just like any other team, but they had the guys behind them that were able to fill in at those positions. Now, with the cornerbacks on this team, I just don't know about the depth. I, quite frankly, I don't even really know about the starters. Obviously, Josh Norman is going to be Josh Norman. I mean, you have a good number one cornerback right there. Beyond that, we're expecting Dunbar to fill in for a Prashad Breland type guy, and we're expecting Moreau or a really old Orlando Scandrick to step in in that Kendall Fuller slot corner position or, you know, number two corner backup, so on and so forth. So, I mean, you have to have, like, this is a passing league. Like, I mean, you know, having problems on the defensive line is one thing. Letting up a lot, a lot of rushing yards is a problem. But if people are just, you know, airing it out on you, if the only person you have as a defender in the secondary, is going to be Josh Norman, and Dunbar doesn't really elevate his game to the next level, then I don't know if the Redskins do have that potential to be a, like you guys were saying last episode, NFC championship team. Now, do I think that Dunbar has shown major strides in the past two seasons? Yeah, I mean, he came out of college as a wide receiver, right? So obviously there is a learning curve there, but I think for the Redskins, it's going to come down to Quentin Dunbar being able to make that step and become a real professional cornerback to really like stake his claim and say that I am the guy here. And it's going to take Fabian Moreau to show that he is a, you know, he is the guy that we drafted in the third round that quite frankly, going into that draft, if it wasn't for the injury that he had before the draft 
was being scouted as a first-round pick because, quite frankly, I don't think Orlando Skandrick is the guy that's going to fill that role. So, I mean, Kendall Fuller, I think we're going to feel that loss, and it's going to be early and often throughout the season, right? This is a this is a local kid. It's a, it's a guy that many of us watched at Virginia Tech. He, he wasn't – he didn't have a very good first season. A lot of people tried to write him off. He had a spectacular season last year, his second season. To see him, you know, basically get moved in that trade, in the Alex Smith trade, that was tough. And, and if – you know, I don't want to go back to the tape, but all of us were really sour on that trade, not, not just because we weren't sold on Alex Smith at the time – but it was more about Kendall Fuller leaving and the hole that he leaves back there because Breland, I mean, he, he's gone and we don't need to talk about him. He's he, he was the opposite, right? He was somebody who was trending up and then completely bottomed out. So Orlando Skandrick, I mean, I feel like I've been watching this guy play. He's got to be, is he like the Vince Carter of the NFL? He's 40 years old at this <laughs> he's point. He's, there. For quarterbacks, he's, yeah. he's old. I mean, he's really old. And frankly, you know, we're going to talk, we have one guy, as you said, right? Norman is a, I mean, you're not going to, he's, He's certainly a number one cornerback, but he also was vulnerable at times last year as well. And now we got to talk about safety, right? And safety help. And and there's a couple guys back there that well, can that can certainly so, shore up some mistakes, but they can't cover they can't cover sixty percent of the field all the time. And that's just my opinion. So, Brian, I, I I agree with you on that. I would say that you know DJ Swearinger is a really good player, and he's a big time fan favorite of Redskins fans just because of the enthusiasm that he brings. But I mean, guys, there was times last year where you just watch a big play go against the Redskins, and you'd be like, "That that's on DJ Swearinger. That's on the captain of this defense." So I think that you know, for DJ, a guy who is, I think it what is this? Is his fifth or sixth year on in, in the league? He's been on four teams. This is a prove yourself year for DJ Swearinger for sure. It's going to be a prove yourself year for for a lot of players. Um, but I mean, we can we can shift gears and, and go into tight end, which I know Joe's waiting to talk about. The worst, um, the worst position on the Skins <laughs> team, top to bottom. It's I gotta be I tight will end. I will give you second worst after left guard. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it's pretty bad in the tight end department. Um. What do you think happens with Reed, Andrew? Just, I mean, everyone knows it. Everyone, the, the, Reed's last name is if he's healthy at this point in time with with DC Media. So, what what do you think is happening? Well, hold on, hold on. Before we get to what we think is going to happen, hold on a second. We on the last show, we all put him at, uh, you know, eight games or less. I think to play right. So it's not just what's going to happen; it's who's going to play that position. You know, and you go back like a decade. In the NFL, the tight end position was a primarily like, primarily the tight end's job was get out there and block, right? Then guys so the, like so like Gonzalez be, and Gates they come in and they change it, right? And now they start, oh, this guy's played basketball and everybody gets all crazy and <laughs> and now everybody has that guy that kind of tight end, including us and Jordan Reed. But when you remove him from the offense, which he's going to miss, best case, I, I don't know, six games, five games, who's going to step in there to go catch those balls? You know when it's third and four and you just need those yards I mean like this is a really big hole on the team that they did not address uh, you know it's just it just that's just my two cents but to me this is the glaring weakness on the offensive side You're of the completely ball completely overlooking the best offensive player that was on the Redskins last year and that's in Vernon Davis he may be 38 years old but he proved I mean he can still catch a ball maybe his his yak isn't there uh, but, but it's not about catching a ball. Guy, it's about stepping in there and playing. The it's about playing forty downs or fifty downs a game. He can't do that. That's he can't what he do did. That. He, 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 here's my two cents on this entire situation. First of all, for the entire, basically for the entire off season, 
I essentially, in my head as I was thinking about the team, kind of prognosticated the team as if Jordan Reed wasn't actually going to be playing. So the way I look at it is I say anything that Jordan Reed gives you is a bonus. Now, granted, that bonus could be huge. I mean, like I know this is like a stupid thing to say, but you look at the Madden ratings. They still rank Jordan Reed as a 94 because when he plays, the dude is freaking dominant. I mean, he's, he's awesome. The fact of the matter is he can't stay on the field. Like you said, Vernon Davis was a huge bright spot in the Redskins offense last year. But, I mean, he's going to have to be able to do something or Reed's going to have to be able to play because I don't really have that. I mean, I mean, I guess we'll see in training camp because this will be a guy to look at. And, you know, when people are saying players to watch, a guy that you really should watch is Jeremy Sprinkle because, quite frankly, if, you know, if Jordan Reed doesn't pan out and it's just Vernon Davis and Jeremy Sprinkle, I mean, the 38-year-old man, like you said, he's not going to be able to play every single snap on the field. And you're going to have to be able to put out Jeremy Sprinkle and hope that he's productive offensive weapon i mean alex smith has had a good tight end in that offense pretty much every year of his career that he's been successful in kansas city it was travis kelsey in san francisco it was vernon davis but about 10 years younger so yeah i I think that i mean if reed's gonna play that's a weapon if davis you know magically doesn't age again that's still a weapon but beyond that that's a question mark i'm with you on that and let me tell you something andrew i i um just meet you now and, and and i've heard great stuff about you the fact that you know Jordan Reed's Madden ratings. Okay, I have tremendous respect for you right now. Okay, <laughs> you are you are going places. I, I, I'm sure you're already at places, but sky's the limit for you. I, I that that's incredible. That's awesome. But what I, I, I want to <laughs> get you on another thing is, I haven't been following the Redskins. Okay, self-admitted. I I, I don't know my left or my right here, and I'm, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here. Tell me about the young guys in camp that I'm going to be reading about on John Kimes tweets that apparently are blowing up and, you know, everyone looks good in shorts and no pads, but tell me the young guys that I should be looking at. Obviously Darius guys is going to be taking a lot of the headlines and every running back looks good in camp when no one's tackling you and you know, the holes are there and you know, where you're supposed to run and all that. But tell me about some of these other guys. I see, uh, uh, you know, there's, they got that young DB Greg Stroman. I mean, guys that can potentially make the team in late round draft picks that can make the team or, uh, you know, guys that can make an impact. Obviously, uh, you know, the nose tackle again, Deron Payne is another one, but tell me what I'm, I should be looking at with these young guys and who I should be looking at. All right. Well, a couple guys that come, come to mind right away. If you know the name, Anthony Lanier, Anthony Lanier, a guy who basically came out of nowhere at the end of last season and in the last four or five weeks, few defensive tackles in the NFC East in the NFL in general, really played better than he did. Now, some people say, Oh, it was the end of the season. He was playing against teams that had no chance. Maybe it was just a flash in the pan, but the Redskins, and credit to Doug Williams for finding this kid, may have found real talent. Now, if Lanier shows up in camp and can play the way he did at the end of last season, suddenly the Redskins can start making moves with their roster. Like, for instance, cutting a guy like Stacy McGee who in, in shaving some money off of that salary cap going forward. Now, on the other side, like you mentioned, Greg Stroman now. Greg, here at Virginia Tech, I'm based out of Blacksburg, and here at Virginia Tech, an awesome player. A little small for the NFL but I think he does have an opportunity to make a big impact as a punt returner. Now, in the ACC, over the last three years, no one in terms of punt returning, kick returning, has been any better than Greg Stroman. Now, we remember Jameson Crowder last year. He went from, in 2016, being like the best punt returner in the NFL to last year, couldn't hold on to the ball when it was punted to him. It's like his life depended on He that's, basically that's lost That still hurts to think about. Still hurts to think yeah. about. 
So maybe it's time for the Redskins, and I think almost definitively this is what they'll choose to do, find a guy who maybe isn't playing all these offensive snaps that can focus solely on punt returns. And I think if Greg Stroman, the seventh-round pick, wants to make this team, that is going to be his route in. Now, he's playing for Torian Gray. Torian Gray, the cornerback coach of the Redskins, spent 10 years as, as the cornerback's coach at Tech. I mean, literally, that's where he started his career. Coached there from when he was like – 30 to 40 and now he's 44 so i think that you know torian gray he has a lot of say in that draft room and the fact that redskins brought in tim settled greg stroman and in the supplemental draft adonis alexander three virginia tech guys those are going to be three guys to watch because if they all can make the team that's going to be make like you know there are going to be older guys and and not tim settle will make the team definitively but if tim settle can prove himself just like anthony lanier it's another opportunity for a guy to maybe push stacy mcgee off the roster or you know someone like that so i would say yeah the three virginia tech rookies are someone to look at as well as and you know all the redskins fans on twitter i don't know if you guys see this they're all in love with trey quinn mr irrelevant the pretty boy yes. from uh, smu i all think about that uh, I, they were kind of scouting him as a maybe a fourth and fifth round pick and to get him with the last pick of the draft i mean Maybe the Redskins saw something that not everyone else did. So I'm kind of excited to watch him, if, if not just for the hype. I'm not holding my breath that Bruce Allen saw something that no one else did. But I do have a question for you. On, <laughs> it's like you know, you, know you, you made a, a point here about all the Virginia Tech guys that have come in, right? And you look at the last two seasons, all the Alabama boys that have come in as well. Do you put any any stock in the idea that, you know, because they were teammates in college, there's a there's there's something to be gained at the professional level? I mean, well, Greg Stroman and Tim Settle were actually teammates in high school as well, which is like totally crazy. They went up all three levels together. And I mean, I think that, I mean, there's a difference between college football and professional football because professional football is a business and college football is the last time where people are really playing for the love of the game. I mean, granted, you know, who knows how much they're getting paid anyway, but it's much less of a dog eat dog. People get cut. You're just spending for your, you know, your life dependency here. So it's a different kind of connection. But I mean, I take more stock in the fact that those guys, especially Alexander and Stroman, are playing for the guy that recruited them out of high school and coached them in their first couple of years in college. I mean, Torian Gray, by all accounts, is one of the rising stars in the coaching world at age 44. I mean, I think that the fact that he was the one that put the input into drafting them means that the Redskins have a idea, at least, of how they want to use these guys going forward. What about running backs? Um, you know, obviously, you talk about um, fans and, and their love for Trey Quinn. Um, nothing has been more love uh, than what we saw with Darius Geis. I mean, him buying his mom the car and all these things. And, and well, he's taking Redskins people. Fans, he's taking fans bowling. He's taking fans to uh, to, to movies. Burger Be Right to movies. I mean, he's doing. He's, he's playing uh, what Fortnite for charity? Like he's he's winning people over. He's won me yeah. over. I mean, I'm not buying this uh, questionable character nonsense. I, I mean, maybe it's there, but I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, I, he's a lock I, to start, right? He's got to be the starter. Uh, I, I mean, I mean that's know, not a question. Some, barring something crazy happening, yeah, I, I would definitely. I bet the I bet the farm on him starting. Like you said, I mean, he has been the man of the people in DC. <laughs> since he got drafted and the character issues, it's almost looking like his character issues may be more like he's a flashy guy. He draws attention to himself and he has done so just that and trying to prove that he doesn't have character issues. I'm buying it. I mean, I think he's a good guy and I think that he's a guy that could make an impact going forward. I mean, when was the last time the Redskins drafted a running back in the last two rounds? I mean, who knows? And this is the most hyped running back that the Redskins have had as a rookie. I mean, 
maybe ever. Someone proved me wrong. But, yeah, I think that he will definitely be a lock to start. Thompson is a lock to play in that same role. If you guys saw the clip that NFL Network's Good Morning Football had yesterday comparing the possibility of that combination to an Alvin Kamara, Marvin, uh, Mark Ingram combination that they had in New Orleans last year with the rookie and the experienced guy. I think that, that there's a lot of possibility there. Now, I think the bigger question mark, though, lies with who is going to make the team in the last two running back spots. I mean, first of all, are they going to keep three running backs or four? My sense is that they're going to keep four. But Samaje Ryan and Rob Kelly, the two guys that carried the bulk of the running game last year after Chris Thompson got injured, one of them could be on the chopping block because guys like Capri Bibbs and Byron Marshall, they play more of a Chris Thompson-style role. And I don't know if if Jay Gruden's going to want three running backs in Geis, Kelly, and Pirine that play the same sort of style football when you could bring a guy like Bibbs or Marshall, who didn't totally impress last year, but Bibbs had a really good game against the Denver Broncos, a very good defense at the end of the season last year. I wouldn't say that both... Kelly and P. Ryan are locks to make the roster. And if I, if you had to ask me which one is more likely to get cut, I'm going with P. Ryan. Any chance really? you can stash uh, Marshall or Capri Bibbs on a, on a practice squad? Uh, I mean, maybe I haven't really deeply examined like the running back needs of the other teams. What I will say though, is this is not a bad problem to have in the Washington Redskins, right? I mean, They've gone years where they literally have no running back. And you're like, who are they throwing out there? I mean, even, I mean, the Rob Kelly was a surprise success, but I mean, 2016 week, like five, we were throwing out our undrafted free agent rookie, right? Now you got a proven guy in Chris Thompson, a guy in Rob Kelly who has done it before. I mean, he, he only played seven games last year and he was, and he was hurt. So I think Jay likes him. I think Jay likes what he did the other, what he did in his rookie season. So yeah, I, I think having a loaded running back position, having competition there is a good thing for the Redskins, but I don't know if a guy like Bibbs or Marshall can be put on the practice squad, but I mean, obviously, like upper management, I mean, granted, we can't credit upper management with knowing how to do anything, but if they see that Bibbs and Marshall are guys that would immediately get picked off of waivers, then maybe they could use them as like trade bait for like a future like sixth or seventh round pick or something. So who knows? Right, right. Can 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 we go brass tacks here? Because we got a guy who clearly knows his stuff. I, uh, only thing I see on a high level is that the Cowboys, Giants, well, the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys all got better this season. I don't really know what the Cowboys did. I'm just assuming they got better. But I know the Giants drafted an incredible, you know, Saquon Barkley and, you know, incredible talent. The Eagles are the Eagles, and they're getting a starting quarterback back and world uh, Super Bowl champs. It, what are we... To, to make of the NFC East at this point. I mean, have we returned to the time where the NFC East reigns supreme in the league and, and they're dominating? And hold you on, know, hold on, hold on. When was that not the case? This is still. It's always been the most competitive. No, no uh, most competitive. Most competitive. Most competitive. I'm not saying the best. I'm not saying the best. I'm not saying the best. The NFC South has uh, okay. has been maybe the more competitive. The uh, has produced the better teams over the past couple of years, but the NFC East. I mean, when was the last time a team ran away with it, minus last year? And I'm going to disagree with you too, Stevie. I mean, I the mean, Cowboys I mean, got worse. Old, here's what I will. Here's what I'll say. The NFC East is like the NFL's premier division. I mean, what the, the, our, the four teams, right? It's like the Cowboys are the most valuable, the Redskins are the third most valuable, the Giants are the fourth, and the Eagles are like the ninth. Like clearly, these are the popular teams. These are the historic teams. They've been there forever. Uh, 
they have had down years. The Redskins tend to swipe up the division when the, when the league goes down. But, yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. I would say the NFC East, like, it sucks, actually, as a Redskins fan, right? Because you're like, ooh, our team's really good. If we were playing in the freaking, you know, AFC North, where the Steelers are your only competition, then you're going to slide into the playoffs. Or the AFC South, where there's never any competition, you're going to slide into the playoffs. But, yeah, like you said, the Cowboys did get better, and – you know, I didn't see any like. Hold on, how did the, the Cowboys get better? I'm not. Hold on, sorry. Hold on. Because Ezekiel Elliott is going to play in every single game. Yeah, the okay, but they, but they still don't have a quarterback. I'm, I'm is, not a Dak guy. Is, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to push on this one. I'm not a Dak guy either, but I think he's formidable. Oh, I don't I, think I the Cowboys are gonna disagree. make the I think he's terrible. You I don't think, need I think a quarterback terrible. when you have a Zeke. They proved that already. <laughs> if you have a defense and a running back, you don't necessarily need. I mean, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fact. Look at the look at the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Go ahead, I mean, Andrew, like, you know, shut up. But the Cowboys, the Cowboys were not a very good defensive team last year, and they couldn't pass the ball. And yeah, Zeke is Zeke is a freak. Fine, no problem. I, I I'll give you that one. But they don't have a guy who's going to go catch the ball anymore either. Who's going to go catch the ball? How did they get better? I don't understand how they I mean, get better when well, and they 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 lost I, guys. I mean, that they, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, Andrew. Not, I don't mean. I, to, I try so hard not to step on like guests' toes and stuff, but you had Jason Witten retire. You had you lose uh you lose eighty eight right. He's still a free agent out there. I don't think anyone signed him yet. Zeke, yeah, Zeke will play the whole That's season. The Dak took Dak took a, a huge step back last year when people were able to to stack the box basically with or without Zeke in there. Their defense wasn't very good last year. I'm not buying that this team got better. I think they regressed to what they were, and I think they're going to be a lot worse this year. That, I'm not. I just I'm not buying that they somehow got better by losing all those guys. I mean, I don't think that they are great. I don't think that they're a playoff team, but I think they're an eight and eight team. You know, they have range, right? They could be a six-win team. If they get things together, they could be a 10-win team. But when you have a dominant running back, I mean, Zeke is dominant, dude. Zeke's, Zeke's a monster. Like, let's call it what it is. And with that offensive line, he is going to he is going to make moves. He is going to have yeah, a season straight. that is probably comparable to his rookie season. So, I mean, that's competition. If that's the worst team that you've got to play in your division, and, and granted, I think the Giants are. I think the Giants, but, I I mean, think the, the Giants are worse. The, the, Cowboys, the Cowboys swept the Redskins last year, right? That's right. And they weren't a good team. Well, that's right. I mean, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. But <laughs> they don't. They don't have anyone to throw the ball. They don't have anyone to catch the ball. And they don't necessarily have hey, somebody who's going to stop. Joe, anyone still, they still have the best offensive line in football. Look, right? Joe, and just that's slide, slide into some Dallas's podcast DM and go talk with them. We don't. We don't care about the Cowboys right now. <laughs> well, okay? no. Here, here's what I said. You said they don't have anyone to catch the ball. The Cowboys fans would be. Made, they have question marks. They have like Alan Hearns, and I don't even know who they have. But it's not that bad, and it, is that any more defined of a wide receiving core than Paul Richardson and Jamison Crowder and Josh Doxson? I mean, obviously, I think that what we have is better, but it's still looming question marks. I mean, we don't have, you know, we're not the freaking. Well, I'll uh, tell you, Andrew, I'm not the authority. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I'm not the authority on receivers, as I have been on the record many times saying I'd rather have the Browns roster and their receivers than our receivers. <laughs> so I, I'm not the guy that's going to talk receivers, but I, I, I look at the Cowboys, I look at the entire the entire NFC East, and I, I mean, I, I, I truly believe the Redskins have enough talent to compete and push the Eagles oh for, to win. It. I, I really do. I, because no, I, I mean, I, all I, of it. What what am I missing? What am I missing? They're they're, they're weak at tight end, but they can run the ball. The Skins will be able to run the ball this year. Alex Smith is not a step back from, or he's not he's not any worse than Kirk Cousins. The receivers, you got to assume better. if they're healthy, they should be better than they were last year. Defense has significantly improved. Okay, so Defensive so why why couldn't they compete? It why can't they compete? The down, it all comes down to left guard. Literally, it all comes down to the one position we have not 
addressed. We don't even talk about it in our podcasts. If he is the weakest link and he and, and the line gets blown up and Geis can't run and Alex has to scramble and he doesn't have a receiver to throw it to and then the defense is thrown on the field all the time and the defense gets tired. It all comes down to left guard. Literally don't every the gun here. He's, Everything will be Sean fine. Uh, uh, I to an extent agree with that statement. First of all, let me preface all this like Cowboys talk. I think the Redskins are second place in the NFC East, ten and six. Ten and six team, we'll call it a ten and six team. And and a playoff win, and then from there, who knows? I mean, I'm not gonna come out and Ooh, claim and a playoff win. I think they're, they're, I right. think they're <laughs> you're, you're telling me to book my tickets to, to a, a playoff game at FedEx Field in January. I think ten and six. Yeah, are I mean, wild yeah, card, sure, I sure. Think. I mean, maybe not at no, because there'll be a wild card team. So the first playoff game will be somewhere else. I I agree, Andrew. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can look <laughs> of at this course team you and agree. say that they're not they're not competitive. I mean, I'll be thinking to be a competitive team. Like I said on the last podcast, I I feel like they've upgraded at a lot of spots where they had deficiencies last year, except left guard and owner. <laughs> we we understand left guard, owner, and team president. president correct, yeah. all of the above. Right and tight end. So put those. I mean, they're, 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 a team, they're a team with strength and not a lot of glaring weaknesses, which is good, right? Except left guard. Well, I mean, look, they had they had <laughs> thirty six. Don't crown Sean Laval starting left guard yet. I mean, training camp hasn't even started. Who who do you who do you they put could, they, me? They, they, they put Ty another thing. No, another thing to watch in training camp. They could. We'll see if they run Ty and Secchi at guard for a couple plays. Exactly. Something that's been brought up a lot this offseason. So our, our, so backup, there. our backup right tackle is going to be our left guard. Hey, he's, that's, a, that's oh, great, he's, a great, he's a great backup left tackle. Or or Jerron Christian, right? I mean, he, he can be the backup left, uh, swing tackle. Yeah, no, that's not, that's what I'm saying. So if Christian can prove that he could be a swing tackle, then maybe Ninchek can move to guard. I'm, I wouldn't. Bet the farm on that. In fact, I wouldn't bet anything on that, but it's definitely something to watch in Richmond over the next, you know, 10, 15 days, whatever. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think Inseki played left guard uh, one or two games last season. Well, hold on. I mean, it's like everyone's played every position yeah, on the offensive line Andrew, last season. Bill Callahan Andrew, had 30 plus different combinations last year. I mean, 30 plus different line combinations. That's a, that's a lot of different combinations. More, more, more importantly, Andrew, do you know Ty Inseki's Madden rating? <laughs> I, I, I can't if, give you that look, off the top. If of my you head. do, I will get rid of all three of these guys, <laughs> and you can take over this thing, okay? Because you will be my hero if you know Ty and Six Matt. Uh, I, I can't do that for you, unfortunately. <laughs> well, look, so Stevie, you're the only one that's not on the record here. Are are the Redskins? What, what's the Redskins' record going to be? Do they make the playoffs? All of us, every one of us, has said yes. At minimum, it's going to be. Ten and six in a playoff. Andrew's got. I'm winning a game too. I mean, what do you got? I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with the expert, but I will. But I, I respect the expert. But I'll say the Redskins have the hardest, one of the hardest schedules in the league. That's been uh, noted by Correct. many people. Um, I don't think. I think they do have glaring weaknesses at cornerback. I think that you know, second part of that defense. I don't think their defense line is good enough to make a mediocre secondary Ooh. look good. Uh, look, uh, look, for a, a long time as a Redskins fan, we watched a good secondary look bad because we couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. And because guys were holding the ball for four, five, six, seven seconds at quarterback and doing their thing. I, I don't think we, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in a rookie and a guy coming off of injury and Jonathan Allen. So uh, I think defense is going to be a huge hole, especially the teams we got to face. I think the Eagles are legit. The Eagles are. You know, the champs that are coming back 
And well, they're, think, they're kind of fluky too, though. I mean, they don't really have a running back. You know, they they they're they're kind of they're they're kind of patched together at some of their skill positions too. And I'm not I'm not poking at the champs here, but you look at that roster. I mean, it's not like amazing. It, they 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 caught lightning in a bottle. They got hot. But I mean, is there a running? Is there a player on that roster you you want to have outside of like the two or three studs? I mean, you look at. Would you rather have yeah, their? Here's what you're missing, Steve. The Redskins have the uh, are the deepest uh, they've ever been on defensive line. They're the deepest. Um, they they have young talent at at the on the, in the secondary who can who can play. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. Dude, Guys, the linebacker we're, we're, the linebacker we're, we're, core we're, is incredible. Our 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 right, number here. two DB is a converted wide receiver. We've already talked about this. I don't know why this is. We're putting right, all of but, our chips. We yeah, went but he, he wasn't that bad last year. He wasn't. He, he wasn't that bad last year. I think he was, he was rated top twenty or top ten or something like that in, in Pro Football Focus um, quarterback ratings for last year. Did you write that it article? Was, do I write for Pro Football Focus? <laughs> did you write? Did you write that article? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of Here's what I'll say. Right, you guys watched the first four Redskins games last year where they looked pretty damn good, right? Yes. I would say that, yes. and that's when they were at full strength. I would say this team is better at full strength than that team. I think you have I an upgrade at quarterback, you have a better wide receiving core, a better running, better running backs, a better defensive line. You're pretty much the same up the middle. Cornerback, you take a little bit of a step down. Offensive line, you're pretty much the same, and you have sheriffs that you're better. You have full, you know, you have the best left tackle in the NFL, and a really good other tackle in Morgan Moses. It's a I good agree team. It's just a matter of how. It, these guys no, definitely forgot how good we were those first four games because we were running up and down the field on L.A. and we embarrassed Oakland. And we, we looked phenomenal those first four games. And that and is we were, we were right there with Philly strength. in week one. Right. We were right there with Absolutely. Philly in week one. And we were right there with Kansas City down to a field goal at the end. I, I, that was I, a good team. Can I, I, I want to genuinely ask, Andrew, because you, you've shown a tremendous amount of knowledge here. The Alex Smith-Kirk Cousins debate. How are you so confident that Alex Smith is an upgraded quarterback? What have you seen from either of them that show that he's going to be an upgrade in a brand new offense that is, is uh, you know, something new that, that he's learning here? W- what makes you so confident? I mean, Kirk was inconsistent and occasionally unreliable. I mean, I was a big fan of Kirk when he was on the Redskins, for sure. He was inefficient in the red zone, and he threw untimely interceptions. I mean, you put your defense in a position where they're, when they, you know, they're on their own side of the field and have to defend right when they got off. Alex Smith doesn't throw interceptions. He's a more experienced quarterback, and, I mean, he's done it all. And he is, by all accounts, getting better every year. I mean, he's old, that's for sure. He's a couple years older than Cousins, but... I think that the Redskins moved to bring him in. I mean, like you guys said, you were disappointed when you saw the Fuller trade. I was too. But looking back at it, I mean, what was the alternative? What was the alternative? Bring in Tyrod Taylor for a year? Bring in Sam Bradford for a year? Please no. Wait. I know. Please no. What happened, in 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 my opinion, what happened was the people at the top looked at this team and said, we have a good enough team to win if we have a quarterback who can play, and Alex Smith was that guy. I mean, is he necessarily going to be better than Cousins? No, I think Cousins will have a better statistical season this year for Minnesota. Cousins might win the Super Bowl. That might be the best team in the NFC. But Alex Smith Mm. is going to keep you competitive, at least. Hurt to hear. He's not making it worse. Alex won't be the reason that we lose. He won't be the reason that we lose. (laughs) Alex will not be the reason we lose. I agree with that. So I I don't don't think Kirk's going to win the Super Bowl either. I'd be willing to put money if Kirk's not going to win the Super Bowl. last, Last question, and let's... 
get off of the, the from the players for a second, and let's talk about hot seat for Gruden, and more specifically, and hopefully, hot seat for Bruce. Wait, hold on, why why hot seat for Gruden? He's the longest tenured Dan Snyder. Coach. He's asking. It's a question. It's, He's uh, well, no, if you look at it, five years, one playoff appearance, no playoff wins, uh, half half, a fifty fifty record. I mean. He's brought us stability, but you would have to assume after this year he's going to be on the hot seat. No. Uh, I mean, he came Unless out it's saying a three-win season. He was extended like what, a year or two ago. Unless well, it's a three-win season, but, I don't see him so, being on the hot seat. So, but that's that, that's why we're asking the question because can you blame him if that's it is a three-win season? Because because I think you I have it too. a new I think quarterback. It's a terrible question. It's not a terrible question. He's uh, going. I, is, right, is he right. going so to? So Andrew, on the hot is it Andrew? Is it a terrible question? I mean, I don't know, it's not a terror. I mean, guys, guys, if the Redskins do poorly, he's going to get fired. Yeah, it's it's what will happen. Equal, like, that equals hot seat. It's still Redskins, right? <laughs> That's every yeah, yeah. coach. So there's nothing is surprising. So, so when expert Andrew says it, you guys are like, oh yeah, it makes sense. But well, when any I any coach it, that wins three games, ex- unless happens. you're the Browns, if you win three games, you lose your job. I mean, you need to hop off of the Browns. I can't, or or I can't. if you're the Bengals with Marvin Lewis, he'll be there until the day he dies. Yeah, Marvin right. Lewis but has got Marvin some Lewis dirt on somebody. Still a consistent six to eight win. I mean, he puts on a six to eight win product, right? And if you're in Cincinnati, I mean, what else do you have to look forward to there? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But no, yeah, I think that. I mean, a bad. This is the team, and. You give him some leeway on what's happened in the past because last year was like a freak injury situation. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were playing pretty good football up until that point. But at a certain point, someone's going to take the heat. You can't fire all the players, and the owner's not going to fire himself. And, I mean, I don't know about the status of Bruce, but I think anything less than eight wins, he's gone for sure. And eight wins sure. and no playoff appearance, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a flip of the coin. Andrew, sorry, I, I missed the, the pre-show briefing. Are, are you in Richmond now? No, I'm going to be in Richmond uh, in like a week. And you'll be with the team for the duration of camp? Maybe it won't be raining next week when Andrew's there. You know, I'll be there like for the second, third, fourth, and fifth. It's be pretty fun, but uh, I got to work at my regular job until then. Andrew, actually, I have a question for you. So what do they do if it just if, if they get rained out every day? I mean, it's... You're just gonna go into a bubble and walk through. Practice inside. Um, they, well, they don't have a bubble, but they're gonna have to figure something out because they're either gonna be practicing in a gym for two weeks because literally the forecast shows rain every day for like the next twelve days in Richmond. It's like almost like freak weather, but you know it's the Redskins, so it's happening. It, it happens every training camp. I think one year I don't remember if it was um, up here or if it was in Richmond where they went to a, a hangar, an airport hangar. That was that was up here, but I would assume down there they'll go into what Richmond International's airport hangar. I don't know. I mean, but they have a bubble here now in Ashburn. That was before. That was pre-bubble, but they have a bubble now here in uh, at Redskins Park. So <laughs> they should you know, just they, take yeah, they the ninety-minute the drive up here. I mean, they got to practice somewhere, but I mean, you would imagine in two weeks if you only get a handful, if you only get half of your schedule practices outdoors in pads, actually, you know, knocking people over, that's a disadvantage to start the season. Uh, and maybe those preseason yeah, games sure. be a little bit more, but uh, you know, I mean, the weather I think, is the weather. What do you I think do? for the Redskins, it's an advantage because then we won't get injured. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I think Richmond Bon Secours, whatever center, is is an absolute disaster. I mean, I, I don't do think it. the city of Richmond is necessarily a disaster, but the facility and all that stuff that comes with it, and the middle of the summer heat, 
and changing practices from AM to PM, and then changing them back, and then pushing them, and then rain. They all gotta do things it. That the, happen they year gotta after do year. it. They gotta keep the the Panthers fans from coming further north into uh, into Virginia. I, I'm okay. Like I said, I'm okay with Richmond, but you gotta have a better facility. You gotta have Plan A, Plan B. All this, these things gotta be figured out. And you know, your boy Bruce. This is this is one of his staples. Right. We we lost Steve. We're we're dragging on now. Well, when when we're in charge. LP, we can we'll figure it out. Andrew, <laughs> any final thoughts? Thank you so much for joining us. Anything else you want to um, get off your chest here as we start to wrap up? Uh, well, thank you guys for having me. Just you know, for anyone who likes to hear my my rants, I'm on Hail to the Podcast. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, like you know, the whole nine yards. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I say ten and six. You know, don't burn me at the stake if I'm wrong. But I think this is a good Redskins team, and I haven't been more excited to watch the Redskins open the season and to open training camp since the year after Robert Griffin III. So we'll go with that. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you very much, Andrew. For everyone that was listening, make sure you check out Andrew. Follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, follows the Redskins very closely. Also does some stuff uh, for uh, ESPN Radio down in Blacksburg. Uh, big thanks to him for joining us. For the rest of the foursome, training camp starts in just a few hours. We need to get some rest. We will be back with more Redskins coverage in the coming days. Stay tuned. For now, for Stevie, LP, and FP, my name is Joe. Thank you so much for listening. This has been DTC on the eve of Redskins training camp. We are out.